everyone, and welcome to episode 218 of the Canadian Football Countdown, our week seven CFL preview uh, here on the show. We are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Ryan and Adam joining here tonight again. Adam, it's, it's just me and you again for the second straight week. We got a couple busy guys and Mike and Trey. Uh, they couldn't make it here tonight, so uh, we got a chance to chat some football for a little while, just you and me. How are you doing? Oh, I guess okay. Got a little bit of a sinus cold, but uh, I guess I'll survive. Uh, yeah, no, Mike and Trey just didn't want to come and have me telling them all about how great I did in fantasy last week, I guess. So at least you're here to hear about it. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'll always hear about uh, your fantasy wins, uh, unless they're against me. Uh, celebrated a big birthday this week. Happy belated birthday to you, Adam. I uh, hope you yeah. had a great day there. Uh, you said you're under the weather now, partying too hard or... Uh... Oh, I could only wish. Instead, I was uh, cleaning out some bad uh, grain out of a grain bin. And uh, yeah, that doesn't usually sit well with me. I should have taken some uh, 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 Claritin or something just to help for uh, for relief before. But yeah, live and learn. So hopefully I'll be okay here. I should be fine. And as we go through the show here tonight, maybe we'll talk about a couple of teams that need to get rid of some bad grain in the grain bin. <laughs> based on some bad starts to the year. Uh, yeah, we're going to preview week seven, talk about the major matchup story on the fantasy players to watch. We'll do our betting picks here uh, tonight as well. We'll also take your comments and questions in our live chat over on our YouTube and Facebook and Twitch feeds. Thanks to presenting sponsor Game Time TV, which you can learn more about by visiting GameTimeTV.ca uh, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMB. Uh, hello to everybody in the chat. Uh, send in those comments, send in those questions. We also want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty One Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Metis Nation, as well as from Treaty Four Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Metis Nation. Uh, this is our weekly preview episode where we take a look at the week ahead. If you missed it uh, and want extra bonus content each week, want to quickly mention, go check out. Uh, we also, it, in our audio-only feeds, release a weekly episode called The Drive Home Call-In Show, uh, which is an episode uh, we record every Tuesday as I drive home from work. Adam and the other guys in the crew, they help moderate the chat for me and in our Discord community. Uh, we take comments and questions and recap the week before. So uh, we do that live every Tuesday. Uh, so if you want to get access to that live or uh, any of our other content we've got going on or general CFL chatter, check out the CFC Discord community. It's free. It's fun. The link is in the episode description if you want to join in, us in over there. Uh, all right, let's get on to our week one, uh, game one of week number seven here and take a look at this matchup between the Edmonton Elks and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Thursday night, 8.30 Eastern time in Winnipeg. Uh, Adam, where do you want to go here first? Well, let's start over on the side, which, well, I guess we have no choice. We have to talk about Edmonton, even though probably a lot of us maybe don't want to talk about Edmonton. I'm going to bring up a quote from uh, the head coach of the Edmonton Elks, Chris Jones. Uh, I think the biggest talk this week has been about the quarterback play and namely one little play from Taylor Cornelius where he decided to left-hand throw a football square into the uh, defender of Hamilton who ran it right back for a touchdown, which 
I mean, Dustin Nielsen had the call of the season for saying it. But afterwards, he was quizzed a little bit and said, hey, how come Trey Ford hasn't played or has his chance to start yet here in Edmonton? He had a little bit of a spark when he came in until he got hurt. Well, Chris Jones went and said, he's a good player, and I'm not trying to be a smartass, but that's the facts. I'm not going to hide from him. He didn't, he didn't come back to camp, and he didn't perform as good as he did last year. Well, Ryan, I just want to know from you, is this the case? I mean, we don't, you and I don't follow probably Edmonton as closely as maybe uh, some other guys do, but when you got a guy on a, on a team and your team is not really performing well, is it a time to give the start to another, to a different quarterback uh, already? Or what's your thought on this? Yeah, even I thought it was insane that Taylor Cornelius is back as the starter this week after the way things ended for him last week. You would think they'd make that that break, they'd make that change here, uh, and at least go with Jared Daggy as the starter, if not Trey Ford, right? Like, Daggy looked good in relief last week. I know he got the one start and looked awful in it, but young quarterback that might take a couple of starts there. I know we're going to get into talking about Saskatchewan here a little bit uh, later on, but uh, I like the approach they're taking with Mason Fine, where they said, yeah, he's a young and experienced quarterback. He's going to be our guy now. Uh, and there might be some bumps and bruises along the way, but we're going to go with that. Um, I, I like that approach with the younger quarterback. Cornelius, now we've seen you know a couple of seasons here. I don't know if I'd put him in that young quarterback category as much as I would some of these other guys. Uh, so... I think it's a little crazy to go back to him uh, again this week. That being said, you just looked and watched what Dustin Crum did the, to the Bombers' defense last week, a mobile quarterback. Could Taylor Cornelius, doesn't he kind of fit that mold, right? But then again, also, does Trey Ford not fit that mold of a quarterback uh, who could run all over the Bombers potentially? So I think it is a bit crazy, but also, you know, I'll give respect to Chris Jones for those comments on it because, you know, if a if a coach or a GM just did what the fans wanted them to do all the time, they'd never win a championship. I'll flat out say that, right? Like, like these guys are have a lot of extra insight that we don't see. We don't see every practice. We don't see how they're training, uh, you know, uh, on off days and things like that. And so if he truly feels that uh, Trey Ford doesn't have – isn't performing well enough to get the shot, then he's not going to get the shot. It's clear as that as much as people want him to. And I think the Canadian passport honestly probably plays a big role in people wanting him to start, but Chris Jones doesn't care. And I don't, and I don't think he necessarily should. No, I shouldn't. And I mean, it's, I think on every team, I mean, the most popular quarterback, unless you're in Winnipeg or BC right now, is probably your second string quarterback. Uh, it's always been that way in Saskatchewan. If they would play the second string quarterback every time that the fans would ask for it, we would have uh, him in there probably 99% of the time. Uh, it's no, Chris Jones is probably doing the right thing as much as I hate to say it. Uh, I think Taylor Cornelius just needs to get some things worked out and things settled in. Uh, my big thing is, though, is the offensive coordinator, Steve McAdoo, more than the quarterback. I still think that Steve McAdoo calls a very, very soft and conservative game, and it doesn't work well when you've got a guy that can run the football or move the pocket around. You can't have him staying in the pocket and absolutely getting annihilated every time. So, to me, I think that's more of the problem than it is Taylor Cornelius. Uh, myself, I mean, I'm a Trey Ford fan. I want to see Trey Ford play too. But 
I also want to see Edmonton just have some success, period. And I don't think I see that happening. And I, I've said this last week until either Steve McAdoo or Steve uh, Sorrells is out of there in Edmonton. I, I think that's their biggest problem still right now over on the elk side of the things. Uh, they've got a couple other little issues here this week. Uh, two starting defensive linemen got hurt uh, during practice this week. Uh, I'm just trying to grab the names here. Uh, Jay Min Pelly, uh, he's going to be out this week. Uh, he's got a calf injury. And uh, it says here Jake Serezna is, uh, was ill on one day. It says he has fully practiced, so I would expect to see him back. Uh, there is a few other guys there, though, that were added to the six-game injured list. Ryan, do you happen to know the names? Not off the top of my head, no. But you were mentioning Jake Serezna. He is um, he's okay. So he's listed. I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and oh. was freaking out a bit because I didn't see him on there. But he's listed as the backup because he's the designated nationalized yeah. American on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, yeah, he he'll play this week, but uh, he's playing on the inside of the line, which I believe I was reading earlier today or lately playing more on the outside so big injuries there kind of shifting things around for the Elks a little bit yeah for sure and um yeah there was a couple other injuries there I know that they were talking about earlier in the week and uh they're they're concerned about the defensive line core a little bit in Edmonton uh I'll just read a quick comment there from Richard over in the chat if they are throwing in the towel for the season then I hope that they'll give uh Trey Ford a shot I think it's too early to throw in the towel quite yet as much as Edmonton is right in the hole in 0-6 and just absolutely terrible. I think it's still a little early to throw in towels. That being said, yeah, I hope they give Trey Ford a shot too if it comes down to that and when that point occurs. Uh, really quickly, quick question on this for you. Yeah. Uh, do you think other teams with all the injuries are ha happening – do you think Chris Jones has gotten calls from other teams on the availability of Trey Ford and he's just saying no? Uh, or do you think we're all hyping him up more than any of the actual franchises around the CFL are? I think it's probably more of the latter on that. I don't think Trey Ford is a true athlete, right? He's a guy that can run. He's a guy that can probably receive a pass. And again, with a Canadian passport, a lot of coaches probably don't see him as a real threat compared to some guys that have been uh, division one NCAA or something like that. Right. Uh, guys that have uh, played some serious, serious football, not saying Trey Ford didn't. I mean, he came from a pretty good program uh, in the United States, but that being said, I think more of they look at him as I don't think there's enough experience for guys to really be looking at him uh, yet. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe Jeremy O'Day or uh, Orlando Steinauer has been phoning, but I don't think it's quite at that case yet. Um, I think he makes a good backup to be honest right now. I don't know if I would be phoning to go and try to bring him in as a starter uh, yeah. quite yet. Yeah, I agree on that one. Uh, what do we got on the Winnipeg side of things here? Well, on the Winnipeg side of things, I think there's a big number that's coming back this week. It's number 89, Kenny Lawler. Uh, fitting enough, he comes back against the Edmonton Elks, which he had uh, some uh, reasonable success, I guess, last year with. Uh, didn't quite do what he did in Winnipeg. He, uh, he did have a little bit of an off year compared to that. What does this add to the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers side of things? Do you go and start sitting a Greg McRae more again? Or what do you do if you're uh, Mike O'Shea and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 
besides getting him some really nice looking uh, back to work shirts, I seen those. Those look pretty cool. But <laughs> uh, but I think what do, what do you do if you're uh, Mike O'Shea right now with the offense uh, being that you have uh, Kenny the King Lawler back? Well, I mean, the depth chart came out today because the game's on Thursday, and I kind of expected the way it ends up looking. Carlton Agadosi is off the game day roster. Uh, you know, it's crazy to think that. Uh, I mean, he hasn't done a ton this year, but he's looked serviceable, and I think he's a guy everybody believes in the potential of. Uh, but there's just no room for him right now. And Greg McRae is now slotting back into that backup receiver role. And he's going to be the kick returner for the next little while. Uh, looks like Jamal Parker, though, is going to swap in for the punt return duties. But McRae will still get a handful of those. They'll use his speed there. They'll maybe throw him in for a couple plays here and there. But he's the backup behind Dalton Schoen right now at wide receiver. And I probably agree with that structure for them. So... I'm excited for Lawler to come back. Uh, you know, I've gone back and forth in the last couple of weeks of like, do the Bombers actually need Kenny Lawler? Should they have signed him this year, right? They have so much depth at wide receiver. But I feel like the offense has fallen a bit flat at times this year for the Bombers. It uh, Sometimes they look great and put 40 points on the board, and then sometimes they struggle to get the drives going. And I think Lawler's that game-breaking player that – maybe takes a bit of the heat off of Dalton Schoen and opens him up a little bit more, Nick Dembski as well. Uh, so I think it's just going to help create a more well-rounded offense. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Kenny uh, Lawler adds, again, and maybe maybe a little bit more of a deep threat. Uh, you've seen Dalton Schoen yeah. more this year using that uh, kind of intermediate routes. I think they've been using him for more than they did last year. So I would imagine Kenny Lawler will be used more on the deep threats uh, for Zach Lawrence when he sees fit. And not saying he can't go and cut an intermediate route or do anything for a crosser, but that's what I see Kenny Lawler being used for. Um, and to be honest with you, they could use that extra little bit of depth. Uh, you never know when an injury could happen. Carlton Agadosi is a pretty good guy to have sitting in the backfield just waiting for his opportunity to play. So Winnipeg, if there's one thing they don't have a problem with right now, it's injuries. Uh, the only one really that might be even questionable is uh i see that uh jackson jeffcoat uh they didn't say that he's hurt or anything this week but uh i see that they've got hab or habda or habba over on uh i can never say names right today uh is over on uh, uh kind of on questionable and everyone on winnipeg's players are questionable this week they're gonna go with their full roster uh what does that mean for us in fantasy side of things, Ryan, though? Because that usually means there's a lot of expensive pieces on that Winnipeg side of the football. Well, that's a great question, Adam, uh, as we move into that segment. Uh, yeah, fantasy, honestly, on the Bombers side of things, it becomes so tough to fight, to pick a fantasy option. I'm staying away from every single wide receiver on that team because it's becoming more muddy now than it uh, was before. It seems like they actually did a bit of a price shift this week. I'm not sure if you noticed when looking at the fantasy prices and stuff, where I don't think any of the running backs were at quite 15,000 uh, wide receivers. There's a pretty small set there, too, whereas I think almost every bomber receiver was 15K last week. Uh, so it's dropped a little bit. Kenny Lawler not in the game because the official fantasy site sets their players available on Tuesday, and I guess they didn't read the news that made it pretty clear Lawler was going to be back uh, before they said it, so you can't pick him this week. Uh, but I do want to give him an honorable mention because I know some of our listeners do play DraftKings. 
uh, fantasy as well. And uh, we had a user in our Discord channel, GMAN81, pointing out uh, earlier today that uh, Lawler is only $6,000 on, on DraftKings, uh, whereas a guy like Dalton showed us 12000 So to me, that's a huge price difference. And if you can get Lawler at half that price, that would be like that would be a receiver I'd actually consider taking for the Bombers. But if we're going on to my official players to watch this week, I don't have any Bombers receivers, but I do have running back Brady Oliveira at $14,000. He's got a salivating matchup with the Elks defense almost every week this year. The running back you take is the one playing the Elks. Uh, James Butler had the big game last week there. Uh, Brady had a pretty down week in the rushing totals last week. Nine carries for just 16 yards. Uh, he did get more involved in the passing game, had a couple of big catches there in that one. He's averaging three catches a game in his last three games, which you really like to see from a running back. Um, but uh, only nine carries and 16 yards when they were leading as much as they did. That was a blatant mistake by the Bombers offensive game plan and I don't think they make that mistake two weeks in a row this is a game they should be able to lead pretty well and I think they're going to adjust from last week so I think Oliveira could get a ton of touches especially in the fourth quarter in this one uh, so I'll lock him in at $14,000 I've also got Maurice French on my players to watch once again this week he's at 7500 He's averaging 7.7 .7 targets per game, which is pretty good. And uh, he's still a relatively cheap price that's worth the chance, I think, against the Bombers defense. I kind of fell apart in the second half last week. Uh, you know, if they play that bend but don't break defense, or if they're leading a lot and it's garbage time and they're backing off, uh, you know, the Elks have put up some decent passing numbers in garbage time, it seems, in the past couple of weeks. Uh, so maybe French catches cashes in on that. And finally, in this game, I've got the Bombers' defense. Uh, last time the Bombers dropped a bad performance they, against BC, they followed it up by holding Montreal to just three points, and they put up 20 fantasy points in that game. I expect them, like I said, to learn from last week's mistakes, dominate the, the time of possession in this game, and uh, wreak havoc on an Elks offensive line that has struggled this year. I know they're up and down here and there, but uh, I'll, take, I'll take the Bombers' defense here as a, a player to watch. Uh, who do you have here, Adam? Well, this week here, I went and... Uh, last week, I said I was going to brick Brady Oliveira. I was so glad that I switched that one at the last second. Uh, but uh, this week, I'm definitely taking him. I mean, Edmonton just let so many yards against. Uh, last week, I mean, Hamilton isn't known for a rushing game, uh, football team, and they made... Uh, uh, Tommy Condell looked like that's all he calls is rushes. I mean, that's that's talent. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, Brady Oliveira for sure because you, Winnipeg's going to be in a bad mood after losing that game against Ottawa. They're going to pound the ball and they're going to pound Edmonton into the ground as far as I'm concerned on the ground if they can. Uh, yeah, all the hype will be about Kenny Lawler, but they're going to go and give it to Oliveira just to go and mess with them. Uh, the other one I'm taking is the Winnipeg defense. I mean, you just lost a game that was embarrassing to lose. And what better way to uh, prove that you guys are still a dominating team by shutting out Edmonton. Uh, it's happened already once this year that Edmonton got shut out. I could see this happening again, to be honest with you in this game. Uh, I'm so sorry to Edmonton Elk fans that are watching this, but this is, this is going to be ugly. Uh, yeah, no, I'm taking the Edmonton or the Winnipeg defense and Brady Oliveira. So, 
So you think this game is going to be ugly, but the question becomes how ugly does it get as we get into the betting odds on this one. Uh, now, Trey did send us the odds right before the show. I believe he pulls them. Normally, he uses the odds that are up on CoolBet, uh, but obviously your different odds providers will vary. Uh, and I took a double look there, and they pulled the odds for this game down, but this is what Trey said they were earlier in the day, so maybe they're adjusting them, but we'll go, we'll go off of what we know here. Winnipeg is 14.5 point favorites to win this game over two converted touchdowns and the over under is at 49. Uh, this is the biggest spread I've seen in a while in the CFL and I don't know what to do with it. So uh, you can go first here, Adam. Oh, thanks. Anyway, um, I know Edmonton's going to lose this one. I'm sorry, Edmonton. It's just not going to happen that you're going to pull off an upset and Winnipeg's going to lose two games to Ottawa and Edmonton. I'm I'm just sorry. But you know what? I think I'm going to take Edmonton to cover because that is a huge amount. Winnipeg probably will cover it too. Watch them do it. But uh, I'm going to take Edmonton to cover and... I mean, a 40 to four game, that's still 40 under 49. So I don't know. I'm going to go the under, but as crazy as it sounds, it sounds like a good, uh, good time to maybe take the over, but I don't know why I feel like uh, Edmonton is going to get absolutely shut down. And yeah. So give me the under and give me uh, Edmonton to cover. Yeah, I think I got to go Edmonton to cover here as well. The line is just too big that I don't trust it. I would rather uh, I would rather take, you know, all the possibilities within that versus the one possibility of it being a complete blowout here. Uh even though I think the Bombers will be able to win this one handily. Uh you know, uh, Richard in our chat here mentions they're excellent. Edmonton's excellent in garbage time. You're not wrong and the Bombers Defense isn't uh, when it comes to garbage time sometimes. So I could see a case where it gets close at the end. And then that's where I struggle with this over under uh, 49 here because I could see it going over. I could see the Elks putting a couple touchdowns on the board here still. Um, But I think I go back to that 17-3 win the Bombers had over Montreal. And I'm thinking something similar maybe a bit more high scoring but i'll go under 49 here as well i'll agree with you on this one uh and so we'll probably both be wrong but uh at least hey misery loves company as we've said before uh let's move on to our next game here it is the battle of ontario uh i guess there i guess ottawa's in ontario as well one of the battles of ontario uh it's got we've got toronto uh in hamilton uh Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, What are you watching here, Adam? Well, the first thing I'm going to be watching is the um, new quarterback that we have again this week. We're going to be saying this a lot because there's a lot of new quarterbacks uh, that are either having their first start or uh, are coming off the bench in uh, the case in the the next game after this. Uh, But I'm going to definitely be watching – our one guy over in Hamilton, that would be uh, Taylor Powell. Uh, there's maybe a little bit of pressure on the kid. I mean, he's got, uh, yes, uh, Bo Levi's not close to coming back. Matthew Schiltz, I'm guessing we're going to see him on the sixth game tomorrow, but we'll see what happens there, I guess. And uh, 
he, he does have some backup help, I guess. Antonio Pipkin was just signed by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, Ryan, how much of a leash do you give the guy? I mean, they don't have a lot of depth in quarterback right now in Hamilton, but how much, uh, how much do you let him go out there? And do you just, I know this is a rivalry game and this is a huge game for Hamilton because they need the points and, uh, the victory to kind of keep in the season series with the Argos. Uh, how much do you play Powell or, uh, before you maybe start considering a change if there, if he does have a bad start to this game or can you even change him? Uh, first, just to quickly address the chat comment, uh, Mike and Trey didn't send us in their picks yet. They've been uh, busy, but uh, we'll hopefully get them and include them in the in the Discord channel there as well uh, before the week begins. Uh, I'll try to round those up afterwards. Um, for Taylor Powell and his leash, though, I think you got to give him the full game unless it goes completely haywire and maybe a couple of games here. You look at the other options they've got. Kyle Oxley was brought in, what, two weeks ago, and Antonio Pipkin was brought in this week. So Taylor Powell was in training camp, uh, I believe, all training camp long. Uh, I'm not familiar with how long he's been with the Cats, but... I, I think you got to give the guy a chance. You know, you're in a situation where Bo's not ready to go, where Schiltz is now on the six-game injured list. Like, uh, I think you got to have some patience there. And you know what? This is an opportunity to develop potentially a nice uh, new talent at quarterback in the CFL. We talked about this on the Drive Home Show, uh, Colin show yesterday a little bit there as well. You know, injuries lead to opportunities, and we're starving for quarterback uh, stardom in the CFL. And boy, did Powell's first pass look good last game, that beautiful touchdown he threw when he came into the game. And then they were pretty conservative the rest of the way with him. So I'm really excited to see what he can do in this game against the best team in the CFL. Yeah, I mean, he should. It seems like he has all the tangibles to be a good quarterback in the CFL. Uh, He has a good arm, everything else. Uh, I think if I was, though, kind of coming back and having trouble, I would put Kyle Oxley in for a series. He has proven himself a little bit in Edmonton that he can do some off runs. He can do some wildcat. He can do a few other little things as well as he can be a receiver also. I mean, Chris, if you're in a Chris Jones offense, you could do everything except for probably kick a field goal. And even that you probably could do as well. Uh, so, I mean, the guy does have some talent as well. Uh, but no, I agree. I mean, you got to give Taylor Powell some trial like, opportunity to, to grow. And if he's uh, the best guy out there during practice in there each week, uh, by all means, put him out there, see what you can do. Uh, I think last week we were also very surprised about uh, James Butler and the run game out of Hamilton. Uh, Any thoughts on the running game for Hamilton this week uh, quickly, Ryan? Keep it going, like keep using him, right? And yeah, most I think most of his usage came in the fourth quarter last time, which is rightfully so, and they were up and they were leading. But I want to see that usage throughout the game for, for James Butler as well going forward uh, because I think he is one of the best running backs in the league. And, you know, he's he's averaging 12 carries a game now. That's, that's about two short of A.J. Olette for the league lead in that category. Um, just keep giving the ball to him, especially with a young quarterback there. Uh, the only thing is the Argos don't really give up much to the run, right? They've got a pretty stingy run defense. Their pass defense, they give up more. They have, a, surprisingly, 
uh, they have the last place pass defense in the CFL. And I think it's honestly because teams are just passing more against them because they are leading quite a bit and teams have to go away from the run. So uh, you're facing a team that has been able to kind of out of nowhere, just put piles of points on the board. And I think you've got to start of kind of control the clock a little bit and use Butler heavily early to, to prevent things from getting out of hand and putting things right in the Argos pocket, basically. Yeah, and they really do have a good one-two punch right now uh, over in Hamilton with Butler and uh, oh, what was the name? Harry McAllister. McAllister, that's right. So really, they do have a good one-two punch there if they want to do run the game uh, with the run game. Uh but like you just said, the Argonauts actually have one of the uh, the best uh, run defense in the league. But um, yeah, it was very interesting when I was looking at the stats. You're right. They give up a lot of passing yards. Is there something to be concerned about there if you're an Argonaut fan? Or do you think maybe you're right? It's just uh, garbage time passing yards that really don't affect the score that much. I think that I honestly think that's a, a big portion of what it is, you know, in terms of uh, uh, points allowed, they are yeah middle of the pack. They're giving up 24 points a game. Um, you know, uh, opposition has passed pretty well against them so far, but that included one game where Matt Schultz threw 47 pass attempts uh, against them. So uh, they, uh, or actually, you know what? I, I, I should have double checked my stats here. This is a, this is actually interesting because uh, opposition pass attempts—they have the lowest in the league. It seems like teams are passing the least against the Argos. Um, I think just in general, they're not running plays against the Argos because they've dominated the clock so far. Uh, but so maybe that's a little bit more of a concern that they. You know, they've completed against them 71% of their passes. So they've got some ball hawks in that secondary, but they're also giving up a lot. But again, is it garbage time? Is it not? I don't have concerns until I see this team falter. They haven't faltered yet. Yeah, I mean, there's very little to talk about about the Argonauts. I mean, they've got quite a few injuries that you could probably mention on their, uh, on them. I mean, Isaiah Cage is uh, out this week. Uh, same thing also with Robertson Daniel. Another defensive back shit injury. That's kind of different. Um, Cam Phillips, uh, he's going to play probably. It looks like he practiced for most of this one here. Jordan Williams will be doubtful. Uh, another linebacker with knee injury. I mean, really, there's not a whole lot to talk about with the Argonauts. I mean, uh, besides Chad Kelly dominating on the with the passing thing and uh, and even on the ground. I mean, A.J. Ouellette has looked really good in this game, uh, in these games. Uh Overall, I guess just keep going for the Argonauts. Uh, is there anybody in fantasy you take over in the Argo side? Oh, yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a number of guys uh, I'm looking at in this game uh, on both sides of the ball here. So uh, we can get into that. We'll start with Chad Kelly. He's $14,900. You get to save crisp $100 fake bill uh, from what uh, I expected his price to be. Uh, at that price to hit your value, you need 30 points out of a guy. Uh, and he's reached that mark twice in four games so far this season, including a week two matchup against the Ticats where he put up 30.3. So, you know, normally I try to stay away from the high priced options because really 
and you know, are you really banking on a 30 point performance? I think with Kelly, you might have to start doing so. Like he's trending into the early last season, Nathan Rourke category of fantasy performances uh, between his rushing ability and the touchdowns he puts up there. And the, uh, you know, his passing looked real good last week as well. So I think it's a favorable matchup. I would be comfortable starting Chad Kelly uh, in, in this matchup here. Uh, I'll stick with the Argos side of things, and then we'll touch on a couple of Ticats. I also like Toronto's defense. I mean, what do we know about Taylor Powell, who they're facing? We know he threw one nice touchdown pass last week. We know he can do short yardage, and we know they kept it simple and conservative the rest of that game. Now he's got to play a full game against this, this Argos defense. Yeah, they give up the yard, yards, but they also lead the league in interceptions, average fantasy points per game. Uh, and I would expect more of the same here from them there. Wide receiver is interesting because nobody on the Argos has taken over the reins as the leading receiver yet. Curly Gittens Jr. has the highest average targets per game with five. They have spread the ball around completely because <laughs> of their run game uh, quite a bit there as well. Uh, so it makes... It makes it hard to figure out any Argos receiver to go with. But, you know, what? I want to touch on David Unger the third here because I did never expected to include him in, in the players to watch uh, in fantasy this year. But he's averaging 14.4 points per game so far uh, in three games. He's got three touchdowns on the year. Interesting enough, though, it's come on just three targets per game. He gets hardly any volume, just nine targets, nine catches so far this year. Normally, I don't like banking on touchdowns. You don't chase touchdowns, you chase volume in fantasy, especially with receivers, because that leads to more opportunities for yardage and touchdowns. Um, but at just $5,600, if you're looking for about 11 points from him, I'm willing to take a chance that he has that connection with Chad Kelly and he's Kelly and he's going to try to find him near the end zone again. If he doesn't, you know, maybe I follow five, six points behind the eight ball of trying to maintain the average I'm looking for among all my prices. Uh, but I think there's an opportunity to still take hold of the target share there a little bit. So, uh, you know, depending how the depth chart comes out, because uh, as Richard points out in the chat, yeah, Unger was listed as a backup last week. If he's there in a starting role, I'd be I'd be confident in taking a shot at him uh, and hoping it sticks there. A couple of tie cats to touch on here. Also, Taylor Powell is only five thousand uh, dollars. Again, first pass was a beautiful touchdown last week. Don't really have much else to go off of other than the passing totals that the Argos give up, which we already touched on there a little bit. So, you know, he's a cheap quarterback. There's a number of them this week. If you want to stack your lineup elsewhere, why not take a shot at Taylor Powell? You never know what's going to happen. And he could, if he flops, you're a couple of points uh, in the hole that you got to make up elsewhere in another position. Uh, if he doesn't and he puts up 30 points, <laughs> then, then, then you're taking that all the way to the bank. Uh, there with Powell. So, uh, yeah, I'll put him in here in the list there. Uh, boy, so many guys to mention this game, Adam. I got two more to go here for you. Uh, Tyreek McAllister, 4500 bucks. Let's throw him back in here again uh, this week. It paid off last week, taking a chance at his low, low value, and he got a couple of reps, and he took advantage of them for some big gains for the second straight week. 
Uh, I think he's added a dynamic new piece to that Ticats offense and has the potential to just keep getting more involved for the team. Uh, so again, cheap running back option. If you're looking for it there, uh, that could pay off for you. Might not hit, but I'm willing to take a chance on it at that price. And finally, I've got James Butler in here. Um, James Butler, I'm just trying to find what is his price for, because I don't think it's in my docs. It's listed right here. Uh, it's down to 12000 Okay, I, I was willing to take him at 15000 I'd be even more willing to take James Butler at twelve because he's averaged 16.1 points per game so far. He put up uh, a couple of games over 24, uh, which is what you're looking to hit there. Um, I think he could be one of the top point producers of the week, especially with Powell looking to dump the ball off to him. He gets so heavily involved in the receiving game there as well and leads all running backs and catches on the year with 17. So, uh, yeah, I'd be willing to pay up for James Butler this week as well. Those are my fantasy players to watch. I listed off half the teams, I feel like, for these two teams. Uh, who do you have, Adam? Oh, I've got two guys that I'm going to really work on on my flex. I'm going to be playing three running backs this week. So I'm going to take A.J. Ouellette as my, my other running back. Uh, Hamilton's led a lot of running yards through as well this year. I could see A.J. Ouellette having a big game here. Uh, the other one I've got is Cam Phillips, uh, namely because of the value play. He's 6.4. Uh, he's reasonably priced for what I could fit into my roster because I'm spending a little bit on running backs this week. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, uh, Callops and hope that uh, he's healthy enough to get me a couple points anyways and uh, go from there. So uh, those are the two, I believe. I'm just going to take one more look. But, uh, yeah, that's what I've got right now for this game here. So. Yeah, just to touch on A.J. Olet as well. I, I really wanted to put him in there because he's averaging the most carries out of any running backs. Uh, he's got a decent average of fantasy points at 15.7 there as well. Uh, and I feel like he's going to give you a solid floor. I'm just, the, the ceiling isn't there sometimes for me because it seems like he's not getting those touchdowns. He's not getting involved in the passing game a whole ton, right? He can run for his 85 yards a game. Uh, and maybe get a catch or two and put you at that 10 to 12 point mark. Uh, but I want last year's AJ Olet with, you know, five, six catches a game. And, and I, I need to see that as his price rises before I, uh, before I go back to him in this matchup uh, here this week uh, when there are so many other running backs available. Uh, we got to do our betting picks for this game as well. The line is currently at Toronto minus seven and a half over under is at 50 points. I'll go first on this one. I'm taking the Argos at minus seven and a half. I will bank on them here and bank against the Ticats until I have reason to not in this game. Uh, I did think the Ticats to their credit, they did pick up those wins the last two games with Matt Schiltz at the helm for most of it. Uh, but I still don't really believe in them. Uh, I think they still have underlying issues and beat two lesser opponents in the CFL. Um, and the Argos just haven't given me reason to doubt them so far. They are the best team in the league. So I will take the Argos to win this one uh, by minus seven and a half here. Um, over under of 50 in this game. I'm going to take the under on that as well. That seems like a high total to me when we've seen a lot around 45 points. 
Um, I'm going to take a bit of a lower scoring game than this between these two teams. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm looking at this one here, and uh, I'm going to do you Hamilton Tiger fan, fans a favor. Last week, I wore the Tiger Cat hat and said Edmonton's going to win. So I'm going to wear the Tiger Cat hat this week, and I'm going to say Toronto's going to win because I think Toronto will, actually. Uh, so I'm going to take Toronto at negative 7.5. I mean, it's a little bit high and probably going to be a seven-point game, and I'll say, well, geez, that darn spread. It's just that half a point. Beat Ryan to it once in a while because I know that always drives Ryan insane the half a point. Uh, but no, I'll go with the Argonauts. I think that they're probably the better team right now and they are the best team in the league. So yeah, I got to go with the Toronto L. They're going uh, the over-under. I'm going to go on the over on this one here because I think Hamilton is at home. They want to have a good game at home. Uh, Taylor Powell looked good in this first couple little drives that he had. So he's going to get some points, I think, and the Argos are going to get a few more. And that means that it'll go over 50. So yeah, give me Toronto and over on the 50. Uh, it does feel a little bit scary that I've gone the under on two straight games here when how high scoring was some of those games last week. But uh, you know what? These uh, these totals, I'm just not feeling them uh, so far. Uh, let's move and, to our th- and I'm getting more scared also because, I mean, you and me picked the same team twice. So yeah. I'm getting nervous. Yeah, I, I'm taking you down with me. Uh, let's move to our third game of the week, which is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders heading into BC to face the Lions. This one is, I think, Saturday. Yep, we're back to no doubleheaders this week. So this is the lone Saturday game, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Is that correct for a game in BC? Is it a, an earlier BC game? Uh, looks like it is. Yep. Uh, late afternoon in uh, BC. Uh, what are you looking at between these two teams, Adam? Well, I think I think we all know what I'm going to be talking about with Saskatchewan this week, and that's uh, the loss of Trevor Harris. I mean, that was a huge loss for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. However, that being said, it seemed like they were pretty fine, actually, making some good throws. And yes, I'm going to go and eventually get a counter and see how many times I make a joke about uh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider quarterback Mason Fine. I think the only thing I could see last week when I went to the game there and the thing I could see was that they are really missing some offensive linemen and they're really missing some defensive secondary. Uh, The Riders without uh, Peter Godber and without Brandon Council and without Gerald Hawkins are a completely different team than with uh, the team that they had on the offensive line last week. Last week reminded me and gave me too many flashbacks of 2022. Uh, I mean, Trevor Harris was getting sacked or everybody else was getting sacked and it was just rough. Uh, So, Ryan, as they got a new quarterback in this week in Saskatchewan, I mean, obviously simplified a game plan, I would think, but uh, or did they really even have to? I mean, Mason Fine's been here for two years or three years now. He should know the offensive playbook a little bit. what does Saskatchewan really need to do to have success this week besides trying to get away with a bunch of holding calls? Well, you know, you talk about uh, simpler playbooks. Uh, didn't you hear a former Riders quarterback just said a couple weeks ago that uh, supposedly uh, or inferred that, you know, the Riders don't build playbooks for their quarterbacks uh, or game plans around them, uh, as Coach Jardo said? So. I was laughing as he said that because, you know, the co- our quarterback coach and uh, offensive coordinator is now your head coach in Montreal. But okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. What a weird dynamic there. But no, Mason Fine comes in. I mean, I think he could I think he could perform fine. I think he could be adequate there. Uh add one to the fine counter uh on that one. Um but I think he uh you know showed some good stuff last week. Obviously the team believes in him. I think it was a good vote of confidence for the team to say we're sticking with him because you know if he struggles early in this game, and he's got a tough matchup against BC here. If he struggles early, people are starting to say, okay, put in Jake Dolagala, trade for Trey Ford, you know, all of these different things. Make a call for Dane Evans. Um, and I think that is uh, likely what he would hear from Ryder fans. But they tried to kind of get out of the jump of this of like, uh, Mason Fine, you know, he's going to perform and, and it might take him a little bit to get in the swing of things, but you're going to be without Trevor Harris for a while here. So he's going to take a bit of time to get situated in things. And I think they have some pieces there to still be uh, successful with him. You know, their receivers have stepped up big time this year. Jamal Morrow, this is where you lean on him even more heavily than you have so far. You've got a former running backs coach as your offensive coordinator now. You better be using one of the top backs in the league. Morrow had nine targets last week. I was going to get into that in the fantasy segment here, but nine targets from last week. You'd have to think they're going to use them heavily in that regard again this week. Uh, and I think that's kind of the key. You gotta, you gotta stop Matthew Betts, though. I mean, on the Lions side of things, he is on a torrid pace so far this year to uh, you know lead the sack race and. The offensive line, this might be one of the true tests for you of, is this line improved this year? And can you fight through the injuries to give Mason fine enough time to do it? Yeah, I mean, he's he's fine when he has the time, Mason, but it's just, uh, that's too. Uh, he, he does get, uh, the ability he has to throw it is great, but uh, if he's got a guy in his face like Matthew Betts all game, that's not going to help Saskatchewan's cause by any means or any stretch of the imagination. Uh, that being said, uh, I think the key, uh, one key is that uh, the Riders actually have a little bit better news on the injury front right now, as it looks like Brandon Council will be back for this game. So that's a little bit of a help. Uh, would be nice to see a few more come back, but hey, it's what it is. It's what it's going to be. The other one is the on the wide receiver side of things. Saskatchewan maybe, maybe will have uh, uh, Braden Lenius back as well. And he's had some very good games out in Vancouver. He's originally from that area. We may have lost Adam. You know, let Adam reconnect here a little bit, uh, and I'll pick up where he was uh, leaving off talking about the the injuries there uh, for Saskatchewan, and say that yeah, they've got a lot of them, and Braden Lenius coming back with all the other injuries they've got uh, could be uh, a huge readdition for them. You know, he's taken some time to get resituated resituated in that lineup so far this year. Um, but, uh, definitely, you know, a veteran piece at this point that went off to the NFL and had some opportunities there. So, uh, yeah, I think getting Lenius back would be a nice help for the Riders, uh, offense is Adams back here, which is a nice help for me. Uh, go back to what you were talking about with the, uh, the Riders injury situation. 
Yeah, they've got a pile still of injuries, though, that they need to be worrying about. Uh, I know if we, if this was a Saskatchewan Rough Riders podcast, we'd be all talking about why we made Brett Lowther try a 56-yard field goal the other game, but you know what? We're not. So I'm just going to say Brett Lowther's injured still. He didn't practice at all this week yet. Uh, so don't expect a lot of big field goals out of Brett Lowther this week. Uh Jackson Ford is injured as well, uh, mostly for special teams right now. Uh, Charles DeBeer, he's still fighting a leg injury. He'll be pre- be probable. Uh, Roland Milligan, that was a big piece you could see missing in the Saskatchewan secondary last week. Uh, the Riders were just two, three yards off of guys, and I mean – this week, you've got even bigger receivers to worry about over on the BC side. I mean, you've got Lucky Whitehead, you've got uh, Keon Hatcher, and of course, you've got Dominic Rhymes. So it'll be very interesting to see how the riders scheme up a plan to kind of hold those guys back, maybe just a little bit. Uh, the other part on this is the uh, uh, BC side of the football. I mean, looks like the one big thing that we can talk about is the running game. Uh, Taquan Mizzle, I believe it is, uh, is still out this week by the sounds of it. Uh, Farhan Laji was reporting that he is uh, likely not to start. It'll be Shiver starting this week. Uh, seen that on Twitter just when I was going on this uh, evening. So uh, talk a little bit about the running game. I mean, Saskatchewan's been pretty good against the run game. They did stop. Uh, last week, Dedrick Mills to very few yards. I uh, think they could do it two times in a row, Ryan. Well, I, I think it's interesting because, yeah, Mizzle is back at practice uh, full-time this week. And, yeah, I found the tweet from Farhan that you were just talking about. Sounds like they split the reps the past two days, but Shivers uh, gets the start. So we kind of figured this year might be a rotate the running backs until they find the one that sticks for the lions. And I think we all thought after those first couple of weeks, it was going to be Taquan Mazzell, uh, cause he looked pretty good, but then he was injured and missed the game last week. They brought Shivers in just a couple of weeks ago, uh, signed him, played him last week and he put up almost 200 yards of offense. I think he was at 199 was his total on the day. Uh, or I guess two weeks ago before the bye week there. So, it was a case of, uh, you know, I, I really wanted to see what that was going to look like this week because I don't think Mizzle should have lost the job, but I also don't think after a performance like that, you can just say, okay, Shivers, sit on the bench. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, he looked explosive last time. It's a small sample size, but, uh, you know, uh, what do you try to stop here if you're the Riders? I mean, if you focus on the run game and stopping the run game, then uh, they're going to throw the ball to Dom Rhymes, Keon Hatcher, et cetera, et cetera. If you try to focus on them, they can open up the run game there. So uh, an embarrassment of riches for Vernon Adams Jr. and Jordan Maximick and that offense. And with all of those tools and that offensive game plan, it's it's tough for the Riders to be able to stop these guys, I think. Well, and the other part is when you got Vernon Adams back there, he's very hard to tackle for starters, which the Rough Riders have had very little success with the with the pass or the what do you call the rush game uh, essentially this year. Uh, they haven't had the uh, pressure like they used to have, but also Vernon Adams can run. So who's going to move? Who's going to do what? It's going to be a guessing game, I think, for most of it in Saskatchewan for that defense. And with it having a bad, tougher-looking secondary right now, uh, I'd hate to see what this is going to look like for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, noticeable injuries that I could really talk about for the uh, 
for the BC Lions. Really, there's not a whole lot. Daniel Peterman, I guess, uh, was a healthy scratch. Uh, yeah, pretty much minutes. everyone. Pretty much everyone's healthy, right? And yeah. it, it's crazy. Okay. You look at this. You got to scroll across the page to go through the riders' injury list, and then the like, five names listed for the Lions all say they fully practiced this week, pretty much. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, one that's how injuries go in the CFL. It bites some teams more than others, it, it seems there. Yeah, and the Riders have definitely taken their fair share of that. Uh, let's run over to Fantasy. What are you seeing in this game, Ryan? You're going to take all Saskatchewan Rough Rider receivers, right? Uh, no, but there will be at least one I mentioned here. But I'm going to start with the BC defense, I think, actually. Uh, as the first one I'm mentioning here at $11,300 because I was just looking at some of these numbers. Um, and, you know, the, the defense for the Lions, they put up double-digit fantasy points in three of the last four weeks. Matthew Betts, we talked about the pace he's on there to start the season, and they're averaging the most sacks in the league, the Lions are so far against that Riders offensive line. I mean, they've got injuries everywhere across the board for Saskatchewan. They've got a new quarterback and Mason Fine starting here. Uh, and uh, I, I think that's the perfect recipe for a team coming off the bye that's fully healthy here to just feast on there. So I, I think they're one of my top defensive options of the week. Um and going back to, you know, how do you stop this BC offense? You mentioned the, that the Riders have struggled with sacks so far. And I just looked that up and they've only had seven sacks, the, that Riders defense uh, on the on the season here so far. And the Lions have only allowed 10. So I would expect Vernon Adams to have plenty of time to throw the ball in this one. And I'm banking on him throwing that ball to Keon Hatcher. Uh, in his last four regular season games, two this year, two last year, Keon Hatcher has averaged seven catches, 116 yards per game. Uh, he's one of the top receivers in the league, and he's still coming out a bit of a discount compared to some of the other top receivers. He's only $11,800. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I'd be comfortable putting him in the lineup again this week. Seems like he picked up right where he left off from last season. Also include Sean Shivers, because I was wondering, is he going to get the start? And if he does, then, uh, you know, lock him in there. $5,000 for a starting running back who put up 199 yards of offense last week. Yes, please. Um, but, yeah, he gets the call. It's not hard to slide him in at that point totally. You're looking for a, a minimum 10 points to get your value out of him at his price. And I think last week he showed the ability of what he could do and he could potentially crush that there. That's all I've got for the Lions side of things. Uh, you know, let's switch it up this time, Adam. I've got a couple names on the Riders side, but uh, well, let's, let's break it over to you in the middle. Uh, who are you watching for fantasy players in this game? Well, this one here, I'm watching lots of BC guys because I just have a bad feeling about, uh, let's face it, I don't think this game is going to be fine for the Rough Riders. Uh, I'm looking at Sean Shivers. I think that he's going to eventually just run the ball in the second half because the Riders defense will probably end up getting tired. Uh, I see them on the field quite a bit, to be honest with you. Um and the other one also that I'm going to take in this one is I I said I was debating between uh, – I said I was going to take the Winnipeg defense. You know, I don't know. I'm almost tempted to take the BC defense just because that can be a really dominating defense when it wants to be. And, again, they're facing a very fine quarterback that could be uh, a little bit tough. Yes, that one was a stretch. Uh, 
The other guy that I'm going to take in this game is Dominic Rimes. He's good usually for one touchdown or a big play here or a big play there. He ends up getting you enough fantasy points. I find, yes, he's 15,000, but the way I built my roster, I can always afford the one $15,000 player. And for me this week, it'll be Dominic Rimes. So that's what I'm looking at right now. Uh, if somebody had to pull my arm and make me pick one Saskatchewan Rough Rider player, it probably would be uh, Tevin Jones. Uh, he's a pretty good pickup for what he is. He's always seeming to get targets at him. However, he still has a case of the drops. He's once in a while. I'm just hoping that last week maybe gave him some real confidence after that uh, circus catch and run for a touchdown, which Saskatchewan fans are upset because he got a touchdown. Yeah, let's see if we and, let's see if he can replicate that catch again this week. Uh, I've got two names on the riders' side that interest me here. I've got running back Jamal Morrow. You called it on him last week, Adam. He was your captain. He led you to your massive fantasy week. Uh, he's $12,800, and the main reason I like Jamal Morrow is he got nine targets last week. That is the absolute dream for a running back. And with Mason Fine taking over, with all that pressure from the BC defensive line, I'm expecting a, quite a few dump passes off to the likes of Jamal Morrow. Uh, which are going to pad his totals there a little bit. So I think the Riders would be wise to lean on him. Does that mean they will? Maybe not. I hope they do. Uh, so I think he's an intriguing running back play this week. And I haven't talked about this guy yet this year. I, I really, you know, as I make this list every single week, I'm, I'm trying to spread it around a little bit because I could come here and regurgitate the, the same stats on the same players every single time, but the, and, and sometimes you have to because they keep producing, but you also want to find new guys. So let's talk about Kendall Watson for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at $7,000. He's seen his target share and his fantasy totals go up every week he's played. Last week, he reached six catches on eight targets. Uh, I think with the unknowns of how Mason Fine will perform, I'm not willing to go back to Tevin Jones this week at his price. I'm not willing to go to Sean Bain. Sam Emelis has dropped off ever since that three-touchdown game. I was debating between putting Mitchell Pickton or Kendall Watson here, but uh, I'll go with Watson because, yeah, he's increased his target share. And uh, at this price, maybe the safest bet among the, the riders, wide receivers, if you're looking to take one of those here against the Lions. Uh, let's get to our betting odds on this one. The Lions at home here are 10-point favorites uh, over the riders, and the over-under is at 45.5. Uh, Adam, what are, you, uh, what are you thinking here? Oh, I hate betting against the Riders, but this week I'm going to because, yeah, it's, you know what? There's too many injuries still, and as much as I don't want to make that an excuse, it's it's a good one to make because, honestly, their their offensive line last week was bad. It, there's no other way of describing it. Uh, when you watched it, it looked like guys were confused. It's not going to help having an, uh, a quarterback that hasn't been uh, – that hasn't been playing a backup quarterback still. You don't have all those reps with the guy. He'll be okay. I mean, he'll be fine. But nevertheless, uh, Richard in the chat, you were asking uh, who is the backup quarterback in Saskatchewan. That would be Shea Patterson. I, I'm i sure he's probably going to be called the second-string quarterback. Uh, used mainly in short yardage plays and some odd wildcats and everything. Uh, I wouldn't expect anything out of him for fantasy. And honestly, the riders went and literally said that Mason fine is their guy. So they're clearly fine with them. So I think that, uh, I think that probably uh, you ain't going to see a change. So 
Give me the BC Lions. I'm going to take the over on this game because in case Saskatchewan can actually pull something off, it would be a pretty – it could be a shootout. Uh, I don't see it, to be honest, but you never know. So, yeah, BC in the over for me. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you on both of those things. Lions at home uh, makes it me uh, want to take them, especially at the minus 10 here. I know it's a big line, but uh, I, I feel comfortable in the way this team plays at home. The injury situation is a big one here. And uh, like I said, I think the Riders' defense is going to have a hard time slowing down Vernon Adams. I think uh, their offense is going to have a hard time slowing down that Lions' defensive line. I think this is going to be Lions all day. And I took the under on the previous two games. This line is a little bit lower. Like you said, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, the riders get a little bit going there, or even, uh, you know, BC has the ability to put huge totals on on the board at home. So I'll take the over also uh, on this one. And uh, yeah, I don't like, uh, I don't like agreeing with you fully because, you know, I want one of us to at least be right uh, guaranteed, but uh, you know what? It's fine. Um, Yeah, I know it's a fine line, but we'll make it work somehow. Uh, we're at nine, by the way. I'm keeping track. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, all right, let's move on to our final game of the week. <laughs> uh, and that is the Ottawa Red Blacks going into Calgary to face the Stampeders on Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I think I might know where we're going for our storyline here, but uh, where do you want to start, Adam? Well, I think we're going to go with Calgary, and the reason this being is, uh, yeah, the easy one would be Ottawa, but you know what, we'll go with Calgary first. Uh, I still say the biggest thing with Calgary this year, and it's been not a Dave Dickinson thing on average, is it's consistent play. Uh, I know he's had some injuries on the offense and the wide receiving side of things, uh, which doesn't help a young quarterback like Jake Mayer get really settled in. However, Jake Mayer has been inconsistent. He has made kind of falls that either are too far or too short. Or Last week he started hitting some uh, passes to Luther Hakanavanu, and uh, he started hitting some also to Trey Odom's Dukes. But yet, I don't know why, all of a sudden, Diedrich Mills all of a sudden didn't do much in that game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, you look at their defense. Sometimes that defense is absolutely dominating on the defensive line like they were last week. I mean, put an asterisk maybe a little bit beside it because of the offensive line troubles in Saskatchewan. But uh, last week, the defensive line looked crazy good. Then the first game of the year, they couldn't get really much pressure at all on Vernon Adams. So this team is kind of all over the place, really, the Stampeders. What are you making of all this, Ryan? Is it like what what's changed? I mean, besides the quarterback. For Calgary, yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, they've been a puzzle I, I can't piece together here for the Stampeders so far this season. I mean, Mayer had a good bounce back last week, like you mentioned, over 300 yards, 70% completion rate, which was uh, his highest total of the year by us. I mean, he had one game of 67, but the others were all under 60. So, you know, Mayer's starting to complete those passes a little bit more. Uh, he's... He's bringing it down a little bit uh, on the interceptions. I mean, he had one game with three. Other than that, he's he's had one every single game. So you can kind of bank on one of those from Mayer a game, it seems. Uh, but two touchdowns last week from So, 
You know, I think he's going to go through the motions this season, and I think Mayer uh, is going to uh, get things back on track if they stick with him as the season goes along. Calgary as a franchise, I just I struggle based on all of the years of success of, of seeing them, you know, be a bottom feeder team in the West Division. I, I feel like this is a team that is going to get it together yet. And whether that's Mayer picking up this play, whether it's leaning on Diedrich Mills, uh, that defense, you know, being able to shut teams down potentially uh, there a little bit as, as well. I think this Calgary team, they've got, they've had some share of injuries themselves. They've had a younger receiver core. But, you know, they've got Bagleton back now. Mark and Michelle has come in and been a solid, you know, uh, uh, short yardage uh, receiver there for them uh, as well. And some guys are going to step up, newer guys that we didn't have too much familiarity with this year. So I, I struggle to be that uh, that down on what Calgary's done so far this year, even though I kind of am, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I like. I think it's you know what they had a veteran quarterback for so many years, and you knew what you could get out of the veteran quarterback like Voli by Mitchell. Uh, I think once you lose that, sometimes you're not sure about those passes. Maybe a little bit more, or you're not sure if that's a run play or if that's a play pass option or a run pass option. Uh, so. Maybe it's just a little bit of adjustment. Maybe it's a little bit of change. I know they said that they've been doing the offense by committee, essentially. They don't really have an offensive coordinator in Calgary. Uh, more of that everybody pitches in a little bit of contribution, uh, and they make some sort of playbook out of that. So maybe that could be something with that. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, Calgary, again, just a little bit inconsistent, I think, at the beginning of this year. And they, you're, you said it perfectly at the beginning. This is a team that – always seems to turn it around somehow and they always seem to be in the right place at the right time. And they always seem to make the playoffs and then, you know, make a little bit of a stink there. So I'm expecting the same thing out of Calgary. I think the only thing really on the injury side of things that you have to worry about for the Stampeders, well, really, uh, well, three things actually. Uh, Diedrich Mills was limited to practice, uh, hip injury. Again, they got another court running back as well. If they really need to go there, uh, they seem to have just, all the running backs, so okay. Uh, Tommy Lee Lewis, he had a good return against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, started to get a little bit of special team stuff going for them. Uh, he has been, uh, uh, did not practice, I guess, on Wednesday, back injury. And Luther Hakonik Vanu also had not practiced on uh, Wednesday with a little bit of an ankle uh, injury. So we'll have to keep an eye on those as the week develops. Over in the Ottawa side of the game thing here. Well, you want to talk about him or you want me to talk about him? Mr. Crumb, he has had an awesome start to his year. Uh, he's got to learn how to play first uh, first half football. But uh, second half, he seems to be okay. Uh, give me your uh, all your uh, thoughts about uh, Justin Crumb. Or Dustin Crumb. Man, I can't get his name right today. Um, we don't have enough time tonight for me to do that, uh, to give all of them. But I'll give you a couple. Um yeah, I, I think he's shown, I think last week uh, against the Bombers, that game is going to be possibly the most important game for this Red Blacks franchise of this year, and if not the next couple of years, uh, because uh, I think it was not only, I mean, a heroic comeback for your fans uh, there, 
But I think this was a clear example for our head coach, Kahari Jones, of exactly what kind of game plan to draw up for the rest of the season going forward. The first half, the offense was putrid. They got nothing going whatsoever because Dustin Crum didn't run with the ball. They didn't have a single design run in there for him in the first half. What they do, they open it up in the second half. He ran for 103 yards, including two touchdowns, one to tie the game and one to win the game late in the game. That also opened up their passing game. He started hitting his receivers more. Nate Bahar, Justin Hardy both had some pretty solid games there for him in the second half. And so, you know, he's still a young quarterback. This was his first career start in the CFL. Uh, and he is going to need some time to grow as well. And that seems to be the theme of what we're talking about for all of these quarterbacks so far yet this year. But, uh, you know, the tendency for these guys is to take off and run whenever you can. Uh, but I want to see him be able to develop more as a passer as well. And I think he's starting to show, uh, at least in that second half, a, a little more comfort with doing so and finding the right place and the right time to do it. Uh, and I'm just excited to see what he follows it up with because that was an incredible performance. And uh, yeah, the crumback will be uh, forever remembered in history. Absolutely. I mean, there I can't believe that there was not a single Winnipeg. You know how nice and quiet it's been. I haven't heard very much from Winnipeg fans all week because of that uh because of that victory and I love it. And then not just because I'm not a Winnipeg fan, it's because Ottawa had success. That's why I'm wearing a plaid shirt tonight. I mean, I had to go and uh, celebrate the bar or the uh, Red Blacks win a little bit. Uh happy for them. They finally had a little bit of success. I just want to see them build on it and playing the team that they're playing this week. They've had success in Calgary. So if any time it was a good time to get two victories in a row and really start competing in the East, right now is your chance, Ottawa. And I'm I'm excited for him, to be honest with you. I really hope that we see more out of Dustin Crum as this, uh, as this season goes along. And, hey, maybe that's going to be the next uh, Nathan Rourke or the next uh, Chad Kelly or the next... Doug Flutie even. I'm not going to say that because that's just putting too much pressure on the kid. But you know what? He had a good he had a good run. He had a good uh, game this last time. He made stuff happen with his feet. I'd like to see more happen now with his arm. Uh, just to see him develop a little bit more with that. And he's got some good receivers. Uh, Nick Bahar, he had a great game. Uh, sometimes he just pulls up and has some great games. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes you don't add him to your fantasy roster even though you're supposed to. Um, so nevertheless, there's that. And, yeah, uh, the situation for uh, Ottawa actually looks pretty promising here. Uh, they've got a few guys coming back from the six-game injured list and are practicing at the very least, one of them being Shaq Evans. He was limited in practice with a hand injury. Uh, you also have uh, Javon Santos-Knox. He was uh, limited in practice as well. He had a hamstring injury. He's been out for six weeks now, so he gets his opportunity to come back. Um, C.J. Lewis as well. Uh he has an Achilles injury. You won't see him for quite a while, uh, I would think. And the only other one that I can really bring up here that I can see, uh, first round pick or first overall pick this year, uh, Dante Bull, uh, leg injury, but he was fully going in practice. So let's uh, let's see what happens here uh, as this goes. Yeah, he's had four starts, Richard, but you know what? He's had four very good starts. If uh, Dustin Crumb had four very good starts, 
he would be the next Chad Kelly. So there you I go. Do, I do like this thought, this uh, comparison of is Dustin Crumb the next Chad Kelly? Are we at that point? Really? I love it. Um, but seriously, how just prove Trey wrong? Prove, prove Trey wrong. But how exciting is it to have a quarterback that people in Ottawa are excited around right now? Because, like, go back to recent history. I mean, they were excited to bring in Jeremiah Mazzoli, but then the injury happened and the heartbreak again, you know, just two weeks ago with him there. But other than that, in recent history, who have you had as your quarterback since Trevor Harris left? You had Dom Davis. You had Jonathan Jennings on the downside of his career. Matt Nichols. You had... Uh, Nick Arbuckle has come in and tried to be your guy. Remember the Duck Hodges era uh, of the Ottawa Red Blacks? So, uh, you know, I know he's young and he's going to falter here and there along the way, uh, much like he did in that first half last week. But uh, I'm just excited to see a a young quarterback that uh, this team uh, and their fans can be excited about. Absolutely. And I mean, with that being said, I mean, Dustin Crumb's got to be on your fantasy roster this week, right, Ryan? Oh, yes. All aboard the Dustin Crumb train. Count me in for another ride, another week here. $5,400 is his price. I expected it to jump up more than that after what he put up last week and the week before. I expected maybe somewhere around at least $7,000. But no, if you're going to put him at $5,400, I know I've given out some other options that obviously I'm going to weigh up until it's time to finalize my roster as well. But Dustin Crumb seems to me like the obvious pick here because, uh, like I said, uh, design runs for Crumb is the way to successfully run this Ottawa offense now, it seems. His passing improved as the game went along. If he got 30 points last week, and most of that was in one half. So the question is, what can he do if he puts together a full performance here? uh from crumb the price is low to hit your value for him uh you need you know ten thousand you need 10 points maybe 11 points out of him on the week he'll get that with his legs alone most likely right like i could see a case of 50 yards and a rushing touchdown even if he's not going to put up 100 yards on the ground then you add the passing totals in there at a minimum i think crumb hits his value at a maximum i think he can put a 30 point performance up on the board so uh, yeah, it's hard to not go back to him for a second straight week. Um, and if Crum is going to have a better passing week, then I think I like Nate Bahar at $7,500 at wide receiver. 14 targets, 10 catches for Bahar last week after he had just four targets in the last two games combined before that. You know, sometimes it uh, raises the question, is it just a flash in the pan? Is it a sign of more to come uh, as Crumb's favorite target? You've got a young QB. Uh, We don't really know who he's favoring as his go-to target too much yet because we haven't seen a ton of passing from him. Bahar's late-game heroics last week, you have to think maybe there's a chance that a connection is building there and it's worth uh, uh, taking a look at him for another solid share. Uh, of targets again this week. Uh, I've got a name to mention on the Calgary side as well, but I'll I'll get your takes here on uh, fantasy players to watch in this game. Well, if you're driving the uh, uh, Dustin Crumb train, I'm jumping on as a passenger because, yeah, I'm going to take Crumb, and I'm almost, Richard, I'm very tempted. Don't don't think I ain't tempted to do it. Uh, We'll see what happens here. I might just switch up and make him my captain yet. Uh, be risky, but you know what? The rewards are always there. And uh, traditionally, Ottawa does good against Calgary. So 
we'll see what happens there. But uh, the only one I've got for this whole game actually is Dustin Crumb. Okay, right on. Uh, and, and you know, I, it's hard to pick the I, the players in this game because I can see a case where it's a low scoring game between these two teams as well, right? You know, the other name I have to throw out on the Calgary side, I don't like Diedrich Mills this week, uh, by the way, despite how good he's been, because the Red Blacks are really good against the run uh, so far this season, they've proved. Uh, just going to look at the actual totals here. Yeah, they're second in the league, uh, averaging only 72 rushing yards uh, against per game. Uh, and the best average at just 3.6 yards per rush. They shut down Oliveira completely last week. They shut uh, Mills down to a pretty low total in their first matchup. Crazy that uh, we have two matchups between an East team and a West team, Ottawa and Calgary playing each other two times in the first seven weeks. Um, but the one name on Calgary I'm willing to bank on this week is Mark and Michelle. He's had two games, six targets in each of them. Price is now back up to 4,900, but I think six targets a game is still great value for a, and great volume for a receiver at his price. Uh, the uh, Red Blacks don't give up much in the run game, so like I said, they'll probably need to rely more heavily on the pass. Uh, he seems to be in that Kyron Moore type of role of he's going to get, uh, you know, he could get 10 catches a game type of thing, but they're all going to be three-yard catches, so it's only like uh, 30 yards there, right? That that short check-down pass type of guy. But at his price, I think the minimal yardage is fine if he gets those catches and it gives him a decent floor and he has potential if he breaks a couple of tackles to uh, increase it even more uh, there. So I uh, could, could oversell you on the value there uh, for him. So those are your fantasy players to watch in this game. We've got uh, the line is currently set at Calgary minus four and a half. Uh, so Calgary's four and a half point favorites at home. Uh, and the over-under is at 44 uh, on this game. I'll go first in this one. This one, to me, is I feel I feel comfortable locking this one in. I'm taking Ottawa at plus four and a half. I am on the Dustin Crumb train, like I said. I, I believe in the Red Blacks. I think they are getting a couple of things together here a little bit. They're going to rally off of that comeback or that crumb back. Uh, and that is gonna propel them to a victory here over the Stampeders, in my opinion. And if not, I think they can make it close enough to cover at least. Uh, and I'll take over 44 points. I think this one, I could see this one. I don't think it would be a total barn burner necessarily, but I see one of like a 29 25 type victory, which puts you over a, a pretty low total, uh, between these teams here. So, uh, that's what I'm going with. That uh, Adam, are we agreeing again? Unfortunately, we are, Ryan, and that's starting to really scare me because I think we've agreed on every team for uh, for fantasy, or for uh, betting this week. Uh, I'm going to take the Ottawa Red Blacks, too, and just for the reasons you gave, I'm on the crumb train 100%, too. I figure it's got a full set of coal in it, and it's going to be running down the tracks and nailing horses. So give me the Ottawa Red Blacks uh, at four and a half over, and I'm going to go on the over as well because – Either this game is going to be a low-scoring one, which I really don't think so. Jake Mayer has had a little bit better games. Uh, same thing also. Crum had the ending into that game, and I think now we see what he's avail are capable of. I think that both teams are going to score at least over 44 points, and uh should be a fun game to watch over in McMahon Stadium this weekend. 
Absolutely. Uh, all right. So we're agreeing on that there. Before we get into, uh, we'll touch on our fantasy league results. I uh, just got a comment. Thanks, Richard, for this comment in the chat. Kenny Waller has actually been added to fantasy now. Uh, so they did make the change after the fact. I didn't even know they checked their emails uh, after Tuesday. I thought it set the lineups and call it a week. Uh, there sometimes. No, they're actually decent at responding to the emails. I've sent them a few uh along the way uh kenny waller ten thousand dollars in fantasy yeah at that price it's it's tempting but uh again so much so much to spread around for that bombers receiving core and if i think Oliveira is going to get more usage this week that means less for them so probably still not going to lawler at that price but uh i'd consider it maybe nah i'm not going to consider that one ten thousand is just again he's got a Winnipeg's got so many targets. What are you taking? I mean, to me, you're going to use Kenny Lawler. If he gets the ball, it's going to be on a big play, and yeah, you'll probably get a lot of points. But that's the only reason maybe to look at Lawler. Uh, nah, 10,000 is too much in my opinion, but it's nice to add him at least. Maybe next they'll add live stats. Maybe. Hey, you can... You can view other people's lineups, uh, but uh, no guarantee the stats you're viewing are correct. Uh, well, that would be fine if they would have the right stats, at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, let's get into our uh, fantasy league matchups and results, or results and matchups. I guess it's the other way around, technically. Uh, this past week in the CFC dra- season long draft league, I returned to form with 115.9 points to lead the way on the week. Thank you very much to Dustin Crum, Jamal Morrow, both putting up over 20 points. Uh, boy, was I nervous that I wasted my money and was going back to the waiver wire again in that first half at quarterback with Dustin Crum there. Uh, Trey had the second highest score of the week because uh, he had Chad Kelly uh, at 31 points. Also, uh, Luther Hakunavanu put up 20 for him. Uh, so kudos to Trey there. Mike came in third at 75.8. Zach Caleros had a 20-point week. That was his biggest play there. Adam, you were close, but 72.7 for the week. You got you got a bit screwed by the injury to Trevor Harris there, I think, a little bit. But uh, Renny Paradis, that game-winning field goal, 18 points on the week for you from your new kicker. The only time I'll ever be happy with Renny Paradis getting a game-winning field goal against the Rough Riders. <laughs> Uh, overall totals on the year, I am in first at 524.5. Uh, Trey has taken over second place from Mike at 470.5 with Mike uh, less than a point behind him. So it's a tight race there. Adam, you still got some ground to make up at 366.7. I believe in you. You can do it. Uh, one area you did not need to make up any ground is you crushed it this week on the official fantasy site and won your matchup in both the CFL podcast fantasy league and the discord league, uh, 142.2 points this past week for us. You want to just share quickly what your lineup was this week for us, Adam? Yeah. Let me just grab it here real quick here for you. Uh, in the meantime, you want to run through, uh, the CFC, uh, yeah, stuff? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League, all three of us won last week. You, me, Adam, me, and Trey all won our matchups. We also finished with the top three scores of the week in the league. So it was a, a real good uh, week for the CFC crew there. Uh, and we're now all back in a playoff spot. So that's exciting. 
Uh, this week's matchups, I face uh, Daltz from Rouge Radio. Trey faces Travis from the 2 and Out CFL podcast. Adam, you've got Steph from Go Stamps Go. So make sure you check out all those other great shows as well. Uh, and lots of great content that they produce there. And best of luck to everybody in those matchups this week. So, Steph, I mean, that means she has to pick all Stamps uh, players. Isn't that the rules with the Go Stamps Go <laughs> podcast? Right? Uh, no, no. One of their hosts actually tries that fantasy. So, <laughs> well, that also see because I was trying to trash talk her with a, a former Edmonton Elk. Uh, probably that I'm going to get absolutely massacred this week. But hey, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, here's my roster that I had last week. Uh, took the Toronto Argonauts uh, defense. Uh, took uh, Dustin Crum. He got me 30.3 points. Had AJ Olette. He gave me 12.3 points. Uh, I had, um, I'll talk about one other guy right away. Tevin Jones, he gave me 17.4 points. Austin Mack gave me 14 points. And Dylan Mitchell, I feel bad about that one. I swapped him out. I got 10.8 points. But the guy I swapped him out for was Tyler Sneed. That was, that would have been, I would have been first everywhere if I had Tyler Sneed. I'm pretty certain of it. Probably. Uh, But but the big player for me last week, uh, I played a shrewd play and, uh, Put in Jamal Morrow. It was a little bit of a risk because it's the Calgary Stampeders, and sometimes they really can stop a defense and some our offense uh, and a running game, and sometimes they can't. But traditionally, Jamal Morrow does have a good game against the Stampeders, and he had a big one that one uh, with the re- receiving yards and with the uh, run yards. Had a score of forty nine point two for me because he was my captain, and uh, yeah, I won every league that I was in. I got into the Champions League. Uh, I got some money back from the CFs, uh, the Canadian Football Fans Fight Cancer uh, uh, League. So, yeah, it was a good week for me. Right on. Congrats to you. Yeah, 142.2 points. Uh, I had 121. Trey had 115. Mike had 107. Uh, so, good week for the whole CFC crew. Uh, in the Discord League, where the four of us play alongside eight other members of our Discord community in our head to head league there. Uh, you, myself, and Mike all won our matchups this week. Shout out to Mike for taking down uh, the leader, uh, the undefeated leader, Sandwiches, uh, by a couple of points there. Trey, unfortunately, good week in the point totals for him, but tough matchup loses to uh, uh, to Brandon Sanders uh, this week, uh, who, you know, won off of the back of Tyler Sneed and Dustin Crump, two of the guys when he came on the show preseason with us, told us they were going to be fantasy stars this year. We should have listened. Um, we really should have. Uh, but uh, this week's matchups, I face FM Fan 2014. Uh, Trey faces Jeppy. Uh, Adam, you've got Barry. Uh, and Mike's got Brandon uh, in matchups this week. So best of luck to everybody in our Discord community uh, playing in this league and tuning into the episode. Uh, and uh, good luck again this week. And Adam, we'll see if we can run the table again in our fantasy leagues this week. I got to try to get into that Champions League so I can take you down uh, there uh, in week 18. Hey, I was just happy that I could actually beat Joe over in uh, uh, U.S. Tecmo over there, over from uh, Bonfire Sports, I believe it is, isn't it? Or, uh, or no, he's... Rouge, white, and blue. Rouge, white, and blue. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. But uh, yeah, he was a former champion. I was sitting there. I was like, oh, this is going to be ugly. Ends up where I actually win that one. And uh Yeah. Done uh, the other guy that's making bets on who wins uh, 
who wins the uh, fantasy leagues. Uh, I made him proud. Uh, that would be Joe Blatsky. Yeah, Joe. Uh, I hope you bet. I hope you keep picking my matchups wrong every single week. Uh, you're zero and six now, I believe. So uh, let's keep it going. Uh, pick me to win, and I'll purposely lose. Um, no, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, all right, a, that again, is, it's a fine line. I'm not counting that one. That one that wasn't even with that wasn't even within the context uh, of talking about the riders and Mason Fine. But as we get into wrapping things up here, the fine watch is at ten. Uh, ten fine jokes on Mason Fine. Uh, but uh, what do we have coming up on the podcast? Well, we'll uh, next week have another edition of the Drive Home Call-In Show coming on Tuesday. Uh, so get in the discord community, if you would like to catch that live and send in your comments and questions for, uh, us to take on that one, uh, or find in your audio feeds day after as well. Discord link is in the episode description. Um, and if, and then we'll be back here on Wednesday to preview week number eight in the CFL, same time, same place, all the same type of content that we've been doing here so far. If you want to follow more along with what anything else we've got going on, you can find us on social media on Twitter at CF Countdown Pod on Facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod there as well. Check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network. I'm on Twitter at Cooper Trooper42. Tune in to find out who my new Hall of Fame candidate for this week is. Last week, you know, Chad Kelly took over the Nathan Rourke uh, uh, Hall of Fame uh, spot for this season. Lasted less than a day before Dustin Crum took it away. And uh, as of right now, he is my leading candidate to put in the Hall of the, the CFL Hall of Fame because, uh, you know, he deserves it. Um, that's mostly what I'm tweeting about or inefficiencies in the CFL stats. Uh, Adam, what, uh, what do you all got going on these days? Where can people find what you're talking about? Well, besides making jokes about Mason, fine. You can find me at Adam Stewart one, uh, mainly I'm posting farming stuff up right now. Uh, hangs almost done. That means harvest is getting closer. Uh, two, three weeks away. Maybe might see some action. I doubt it, but you never know. Um, mainly right now it's fixing stuff, getting stuff ready to go, getting items done. And, uh, yeah, you can see all the good stuff over at Adam Stewart one, or you can check me out also on Instagram, uh, farmer in Sask. I do post a lot of farm stuff up there as well. Uh, be sure to also check out, uh, Mike Garrell. He's got always some good stuff going on. If he ain't doing floor hockey or ball hockey coaching, he's usually busy with, uh, football or baseball or well pretty much anything that guy he's all over the place yeah, uh, shout out to mike right now he couldn't be here tonight because he had to go uh he's coaching ball hockey national championships so uh go coach mike and uh best of luck to your team uh in the tournament absolutely i mean national title we're gonna see mike bringing in the trophy soon here so uh that'll be cool when that happens uh yeah and you can also follow trey at trey harness link uh He's probably out uh, riding a horse right now or while well, talking about a horse or just generally taking the night off because he deserves one guy works hard. Uh, so yeah, be sure to follow him at Trey harness link as well. You know, if, uh, if Mike's ball hockey team and I apologize, I don't know their name off the top of my head, but uh, if they win the championship, then we become the official uh, Canadian football podcast of that team. Just like we did with your Theodore Buffalo. So uh 
Uh, they don't get much of a they don't get much of a say in the matter. I, I think the deal's done. Uh, that's how that works, right? Uh, I guess the unofficial official uh, is the right term there. Um, yeah, great show tonight. Thanks for anybody who joined us live. Thanks for the comments in the chat. We always appreciate those. Uh, we also appreciate uh, if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. If you like the show and you uh, leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, uh, helps it move up the rankings there. We'd love that. Uh, and uh, thanks, as always, for tuning in. Enjoy this week's games. I hope they're as good as uh, this past weekend's because it was a great week in the CFL. On behalf of Adam, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Uh, bye.